0: you <laughs> Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, September eighteenth, twenty nineteen. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the People's Champ himself, Matt Baxendale. Want to tell a quick story for those of you who have no idea what the headline of today's show means: uh, Pollinate the flower. Just a funny situation. Probably one of the funniest scenes in my eighteen years on the beat. I love Tim May, former Columbus Dispatch beat writer, now with Letterman Rowe, and he was asking Mike Yurcich the. Uh, uh, quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator backs. I know you already know all about this, but for the listeners that don't, you know, Mike Yurisic can be kind of like a hard ass, which made the whole thing even funnier. So Tim May's asking Mike Yurisic, he's like, you know, hey, Mike, you got a wife and daughter, right? And Mike's like, yep. And Tim goes, oh, you know, when you get home from, you know, your games Saturday night, do you get a chance to watch college football from around the nation? And Mike starts to answer yes, you know, and, and starts to give an answer. And Tim says, you know, or you pollinate the flower. And he, he just meant do you get a chance to hang out with your family, or maybe he meant do you get a chance just to watch other college football games and learn more. But it came out Pollinate the Flower. The whole room just lost its mind, and there you go. So we're being immature, and we're using that for the, the headline today. Backs, welcome in. Pollinate the Flower.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's as close as we have to a Marine drill sergeant on staff, so imagine going up to a Marine drill sergeant and asking him if he's spending quality private time with his wife, and that's probably the way that came off, so good job, Timmy. We love you, man.
0: Love Tim May and Yursich. That if you watch the video, he starts cracking up too, like in his own way. He's like, cause he like he is a very. He asked Tim, he's like, I was wondering where you're going with that. So that Yursich actually let the uh, he let his guard down for a minute. And he was even cracking up. So I wanted to start the show off with that for people that are wondering what the hell the the headline was. Just a funny scene yesterday. Uh, let's get down to brass tacks. Um, Ryan Day, when asked about Justin Fields yesterday, I found this interesting. Um, he says Justin Fields is light years ahead of where he expected he would be at this point. Now, you know, obviously that's hyperbole, but Ryan Day's not a guy that is like thick on hyperbole usually. Obviously he doesn't mean light years literally. Um but still, I mean, I, I was I was kind of taken aback that he is that he thinks Justin Fields is a, that far along. That further, you know, ahead of where he thought he'd be back.
1: Well, I think Ryan Day's been listening to our show.
0: <laughs> he
1: he agrees with us that that Justin Fields is way ahead of where we expected and you know that seems to be the consensus. It seems like Fields has taken a real big step over the course of the summer and months, and maybe into the fall camp. Second half of fall camp, it seems like it was when the light bulb really came on for him. Um, I think Ryan Day is the kind of guy where he shoots you pretty straight. He uh, he he doesn't want to talk about injuries because I don't think he cares to spend time obfuscating about it. And uh, the truth is, is that I think. It's credit to Yurcich and Ryan Day with how well they've developed fields. But at the end of the day, I think the kid's just taken some natural steps in his development. And, you know, even Ryan Day is saying, all right, this is this is, this is good. This is ahead of where I thought we'd be. Uh, I bet the most interesting thing about him yesterday was where he was like, you know, you know there's a certain point in time where you have something with your team. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to keep figuring that out, but I'm excited. That to me seems a little bit like coach speak, like him sitting there going, yeah, I know this team is really good. I just don't want them to get ahead of themselves because of maturity.
0: What would you make of Damon Arnett's comments that, um, you know, he was just being asked, like, how confident are you in his team? He didn't just come out and proclaim anything on his own, but he was asked by a reporter, um, you know, how confident are you, are you in this team? And Damon said, quote, you know, I'm excited. I think we're going to win the natty. Uh, you know, And, you know, a lot of people are like, how can you say, you know, proclaim they're going to win the national championship? It's like he was asked a question, and he was being – we know Damon Arnett's a confident man. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. Your take.
1: Yeah, I have an no issue with it. I know there's a lot of people who have been grumpy about Arnett's play in the past, and were like, dude, you shouldn't be the one saying that. The truth is, I'm glad he's confident. And to be a corner, you have to be confident. But let's face it, a lot of us watching this team are sitting here over the last few weeks going – Well, this team has a much better chance to win the national championship than we had originally expected, right? Uh, This is a team that appears to have all the cylinders in place. Wow, the coaching seems to be even stronger than before. You know, I I, I don't think it's hyperbole because I think Ohio State's one of five or six teams in the country that has a legitimate chance of winning the national championship. And Five or six might be a high number. That number might be three or four. So I I think Damon Arnett's telling the truth. I'd rather guys tell me the truth than – you know, give me Trestle speak all day. Uh, at the end of the day, Damon Arnett's a guy who expects his team to do well this year, and I'm glad these guys have these kind of expectations in the locker room and behind the scenes. I think Ryan Day keeps talking about quote our goals, our goals, our goals. Well, our goals includes winning the national championship. It's not like you shrink from it. You just have to perform your best every week, win every day, win every game, and I'm okay with that, man. It's not like he came out and he's like, yeah. I want to tell everybody here collectively that we are going to be the national championships. The rest of the Big Ten is trash. The SEC is trash. All y'all suck, and now I'll take my first question. I mean, he just answered a question and I'm on board with it. I want these guys to to think big. And as long as they're focusing every week on how they get there, that's totally fine.
0: Your weekly thoughts on Master T. He continues to impress me. Just You're taking what you're seeing from the redshirt freshman running back.
1: I think we have two tailbacks now. I think we have two very good tailbacks. J.K. Dobbins has done nothing to get sat down. Uh, But if something happens with J.K. Dobbins, you have to feel really good about Master Teague coming in and playing a very big role. I mean, the truth is he looked great in that game. He ran for 100-something yards on his own. And both those guys just, you know, were all over the place because the offensive line was so good. And it's easy for tailbacks to look good when you have an O-line that's mauling people the way the O-line is right now. But Teague's ran hard from the start. Even the first game where, where Dobbins didn't look particularly great, when Teague came in substituting, he was averaging, what, like eight yards a carry or something? So he's clearly a player who maybe if he'd been healthy the whole camp, we'd have to have much more hype coming in. This was a guy back in the spring we thought was going to be an impact player. So, if this is really good for Ohio State that they're developing this kind of depth at tailback. You have to think at this point Master Teague is going to get a, maybe a quarter to a third of the carries going forward because he's earned it. And that'll only keep Dobbins more fresh as the season goes on. So if there's ever a position on the field, you need at least two players who can perform. It's tailback. So this is another great development for OSU. There's all these little things that have been going on the first couple weeks with OSU that just have to create a significant level of confidence for not just the fans but the team and the coaching staff because it feels like almost everything's going right in terms of things you need to go right to really have a special season.
0: I can't wait for Michigan at Wisconsin on Saturday. I'm more excited about that than I am the Ohio State game. We'll get to Ohio State uh, against Miami University in a moment. But Michigan at Wisconsin, your expectations, backs.
1: Yeah, I'm way more excited for that than I am the OSU game, because we all know is going to win by roughly five to six touchdowns. I'm not going to tell you guys how to bet that one against the spread. But yeah, the Michigan-Wisconsin game, we're going to learn a lot, because they keep chitter-chattering up there about how great their offense is going to be. Meanwhile, we're hearing behind the scenes that Gattis is, like, completely in over his head. And the first two games, their offense looked like a complete dumpster fire. So they're going up against a Wisconsin team that the first two games won 110 to nothing. So I, I think you're in a position where, oh, by the way, it's at Wisconsin. So all signs point to this could get ugly for Michigan. Now, if they they come out and they perform well and they get things together, then they can think they're lucky stars that they had the week off. If this game had happened last weekend, there's zero doubt Wisconsin would have won going away with that school up north coming off of the Army game them getting a chance to sort of hit the reset button for a week is the only reason I think they have a chance in this game. But based on the first two weeks of the season, from the way we've seen both teams play, this should be a Wisconsin win, and it should be a decisive Wisconsin win. Uh, Michigan's offense, Michigan's defense, wasn't really that good the first two weeks either. Army ran the ball successfully, which they always do. But Middle Tennessee State had a, a pretty successful uh, performance on offense in the opening week, too. So uh, I'm picking Wisconsin. And until further notice, Wisconsin's the second-best team in the Big Ten in my book. Uh, I will say this, though. That game is remotely close. It's going to be very interesting to tell us about both these teams because it's easy to draw conclusions in two weeks, right? Uh, there's a lot of things that can change over the course of a season from the first two weeks. And as much as we make fun of that School of North, they are still 2-0. and so this is a this is easily the best game of the year so far in the Big Ten, and I, I am fascinated to sit down and watch it. I can't wait. The best part for me, Dave, is I'm actually going to be in that state up north this weekend because my kid has a hockey tournament, right? So if they lose, I'm going to be gloating the whole time because I can't wait to see these people all upset that they're Savior Harbaugh and their magical super kid offensive coordinator – couldn't get the job done and the offense is still the same disaster festival that it's been the last two years.
0: Yeah, the Josh Gattis stuff is so interesting. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Harbaugh was supposed to be the savior overall and then this particular year Gattis was supposed to be like their offensive savior and he's never even called a play before in his life as it turns out. He didn't. He wasn't calling plays at Alabama, Mike Loxley was. He wasn't calling plays at Penn State of course, that's when Joe Moorhead was there. He was on those staffs but you know, he was just a position coach and I don't know you know why they thought if they're going to go and get somebody to to take over the offense from Harbaugh why they thought Josh Gaddis was the guy still a very small sample size two games but they look in complete disarray up there so we'll see what happens I do think um I think Wisconsin's going to take it to them we, you know, we'll see what happens though all right uh Buckeyes against Miami University Buckeyes finally get a 330 game and it's against the Red Hawks this is one of those games back where I just hope Ohio State can emerge unscathed as far as injuries, get a lot of the backups in there. a lot of the kids that might end up red shirting that they're only going to play in four games because of the rule that was enacted last year. It's a good chance for those kids to get in a game like this most likely just uh you know what are you hoping to see on uh, Saturday against the Redhawks uh what will you be looking for?
1: yeah, this is one of those games where you just I always think back to Lawrence Wilson against Youngstown State breaking his leg in the first game of the year in a game that nobody gave a crap about. Uh, that I think it was 2009 that happened. This is the kind of game where you just don't want something like that to happen. Uh, Miami has played two teams this year that appear to have a pulse, in Iowa and Cincinnati, and they lost both of them by three to four touchdowns. So they're not really even going to be in the discussion. This is one where as long as OSU comes out with any level of maturity, it's a kind of game where the third stringers are playing in the third quarter. So at this point, you want them to come out and focus on offense, execute, get the game over real quick so that the backups can get in and play significantly and that your contributors can get off the field because there's no upside to this game. The only upside to this game is that it gets over with, you win big, and the players are all healthy. That's all. It's not like there's anything you're going to come out of this game with on your resume. It's kind of the worst game of the year on the schedule pretty much. So from my perspective, I'm just excited to get this game over with. I hope they put up a lot of points, and I hope the third string doesn't give up too many points. But because you're going to have people on the board who are going to go, oh, no, we gave up 17, even if it's the third string versus the fourth string or something. I mean, that's really the only aesthetic part of the score that you should be worried about. Ohio State's going to win this game by at least five touchdowns, and I don't, I don't think anybody's debating that. So it's a good weekend for there to be other good games. How does that sound? So we'll watch that game, and hopefully everybody comes out of it healthy. And that's about it.
0: Great stuff, as always, from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Thank you very much, Bax, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day. Pollinate that flower, best damn band in the land. <laughs>